Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Hey, welcome to LifePoint Church, everybody. We're so, so glad you're here. It means so much to us that you've joined us here today. Um, many of you know, by the way, I'm Danny Rivers. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And many of you know that I am out for a few weeks um, trying to get some rest and, and recover um, from some health issues. But we are so honored, so privileged to have an amazing guest speaker with us today, all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, our friend, Pastor Russ Cripps. His wife, Stephanie Cripps, is here as well. These guys are lifelong friends, not only of of my family, but also of LifePoint Church. And we are so happy to have them. I would love it if you would give a big, big, big LifePoint welcome to our friend, Pastor Russ Cripps, as he comes. Come on, everybody, give it up for Pastor Russ Cripps. Come on, come on, LifePoint, what's up? One more time, put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, in the house, come on. Man, what a good-looking group of people, all of you in here and everybody out there in Overflow and in the tent. Uh, such an honor to meet you guys and be here and everybody online. I have been around for a while. Um, I, I, I remember, I was thinking about it this morning, I remember coming and speaking at, at Life Point, whenever I think we were meeting, and you guys were meeting in a daycare center, like it, it, we went way back uh, in 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 the uh, in the archives to to remember that. But Danny and I have been friends for a long, long time. He is an overseer for our church called Acacia Church in Baton Rouge, home of the LSU Tigers. Come on, somebody! Yes. Uh, I know, dividing the crowd to conquer the soul. I get it, I get it, I get it. But uh, man, it's just a privilege to be here. I, wanna, I just want to say this real quick. I love this church. I love this house. And, um, and I just want to say this from my heart. I, I, I get that a lot of times preachers, pastors, speakers will come in and they'll say something about the pastor and it's, and it's like obligatory. Like we have to say something and thank you for allowing me to be here and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, that's, that's for real. But I want to let you know something that I can stand in this pulpit and I can say something about your pastor and Rach that, that honestly I don't get to say everywhere. And that is um, they are good human beings and they love the Lord with all of their might and all of their soul. And, uh, and you are blessed to be um, in their leadership. So can we just one more time celebrate them and what God has done here at this church? Amen. Okay, so here's a couple of ground rules. Again, I'm from Louisiana, and so I like for you guys to help me preach. And so just want to let you know, I know that there's a game today, but I have enough notes to last until pregame or kickoff solid. And so if you guys want to kind of put a little grease on the wagon, I will preach faster whenever you say amen. Amen. All right. All right. You guys are quick learners. All right. Um, I, I appreciate that. And some, sometimes I'll count to three and I'll say, say this word with me. And, and that's just, uh, it kind of helps me let, let me make sure that you guys are with me and that you guys are awake. And so let's, let's begin that process. So I'm going to count to three and everybody say flourish. One, two, three. Flourish. Yeah, that's, that's, you're doing great. You're doing great. So that's the series that we're in. And, and I love the name and I love the idea because it begs this question like, who doesn't want that, right? I mean, so, so what I'm gonna give you today is not like a traditional presentation of the gospel, although I will give you an opportunity. The language that I use is, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, but I, I, wanna, I wanna talk to you today about what it means to flourish 
And, and we get this idea that I'm going to be coming at you today from the scripture that you guys have sort of been anchored to over the last couple of weeks as you've gone into this idea in this series. Um, and so you'll see it right here, um, Psalm 92, verses 12, 13, and 14. It reads like this. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree and they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. So side note real quick, you guys are obviously super familiar with cedars, but this reference over here is like, there's some cedars in this ancient day Israel, but the ones that grew in Lebanon were like stronger. They were like, they had, they just had more, more beef to them, so to speak. And so the scripture goes on and says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Check this out. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and stay green. So what a beautiful passage that this is that tells us not only how we can grow, but listen, it gives us the benefits of growing. Okay, so listen closely. What I'm fixing to say over the next 60 to 90 seconds sets up everything else that I'm going to say in the entire 30 minutes and 49 seconds that I have with you, okay? So you gotta get this right here. If you were here Friday night, if you were here Friday night, say amen. amen. Okay, cool. Um, and so I, I said that then, I'm gonna say this again right now. Listen closely. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important thing on the planet. Is there a better amen? There's nothing else that is more important than your relationship with the Lord. I mean, and, and we can stop right there, take an offering and go home. Like that, that's good enough for you to hold on to because you, you have to realize there are some important things in life. Careers, family, all kinds of stuff that's really, really, really important. Education, health, really, really important. But nothing is more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ. So with that being said, now what I'm gonna challenge you to do is I want you to picture the you that you wish that you could become in five years. From a spiritual perspective, who is it that you're trying to become? What is it that you're trying to improve in your life that you know that is going to bring you a sense of spiritual, not only accomplishment, but spiritual fulfillment and spiritual maturity. I want, you to, I want you to think of that. What would you look like if you could just draw it up any way that you wanted to draw it up? From a spiritual perspective, what does that future you look like? Because I wanna let you know, I think God wants to help you get there. I really do, I think God wants to help you get there. And that's what we're going to learn today. So what I'm gonna do right now is I want everybody here out there with me, everybody even online, I want you to get your hands and I want you to turn them up like this. You can put them down here by your side. I don't care where you put them. But what you're doing is you're putting your palms up and this is a state of, this is a posture of receiving. And I'm fixing to pray a prayer of blessing over you that you would receive what God's trying to do today. That, that Russ would get out of the way that my words and my voice would get out of the way so that he could speak to, to his children and, and speak clearly what he's trying to speak to us today. So let me pray. Lord, thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for what you have done in our lives, Lord, and what you want to do in our lives. 
And Lord, I just pray that your power and your presence would come into this place in a beautiful and dynamic manner, even more so than it already is. And Lord, speak to our hearts today and let us realize that you want us to win. You want us to flourish. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and everybody gives me a good loud amen. 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 So back in the day, Stephanie and I used to live here. We lived in, in San Antonio for four years, around 1604 in Bull Verde area. And, uh, and whenever I first moved here, I was in the mortgage banking uh, industry before God delivered me and, and I got, into, and I got into, into ministry. But when we lived there, we bought a house that was being, was being built and, um, and uh, they, they put a tree in the middle of the, the front yard. Like so many times, you know, they, they kind of wipe everything out and to build the houses and then they put this tree right in the middle. And it was pretty, it was, it was okay. But I, I went back a few years later and now it was huge. It was big, it was a massive tree. And watch this. The only way that that tree was able to sustain health and grow into what its purpose was was because I and the owners after me didn't rip it up and plant it here and let it stay there for a couple of months and then rip it up and plant it here and let it stay there for a couple of months and rip it up and plant it here. And so here's the thing. The more planted you are, the better positioned you are for spiritual health. And so let me say this. Danny can come fix it later if he needs to, okay? If this is not the house that you feel like that you can be planted in, please, for the love of God, find one that you can be planted in because you have to be planted in the house of God. If you want to flourish, you need to be planted in the house of God. Somebody clap your hands and say amen to that. So to flourish, you got to be planted in God's word. You got to be planted in God's ways, and that includes being planted in his house. Again, the scripture says that we'll flourish there. Whenever we're planted in the house of God, we're gonna, we're gonna flourish, man. We're gonna grow. We're gonna, we're gonna bear fruit. There isn't a person that's listening to me in this place. If you're online, you've already clicked off if you don't want your life to matter, right? Every one of us want our life to matter. And this says that we'll bear fruit. Our life will have significance. We'll stay fresh and we'll stay green whenever we're planted in the house of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I want to be planted in the house so that I can flourish, okay? So if anyone is hearing me right now and you're starting to kind of tap the brakes and you're thinking, yeah, well, you're just a preacher guy that's kind of floated into town and you're supposed to say that. Like you're the pastor of this church over in Baton Rouge where we win championships and you... Uh, yeah, yeah, just had to, there's going to be a couple things that just come out. I'll try to behave myself, but sometimes I just say things. But anyway, you, you're, you're the preacher guy, and you're supposed to just say this stuff, right? Okay, let me help you. One of the biggest tricks that the enemy can play on us is whenever he tricks us into thinking that every time that the church asks something, that the church is asking it for the church. And every time that the pastor asks something, he is asking for the pastor, but listen, the plans of the local church and you being heavily involved in them is God's plan for you and that will bring about his best for you. Let me just give you a couple of examples so that you'll understand what I'm talking about. If Pastor Danny or, or anybody on the team here preaches one Sunday and they says, man, you can join the serve team. Do, does, do we benefit when you serve? Sure, 
If you park today out in the gravel, there's a team of people out there that helped you. Yes, there is a benefit that comes from serving. But listen, we don't want you to serve so that we can get something from you. We want you to serve because we want something for you. Because whenever you serve in this capacity, you're a part of something that begins to be bigger than what you are yourself. Just a couple of weeks ago, Stephanie and I had lunch with Richard and Tony Johnson, some friends of ours from Austin that were coming through town. And they had been at that church in Austin now for 25 years. And I, and I talked to Richard. I was like, Richard, how's it been, man, over the years? What do, you, what do you think now that you've been there for 25 years? And this is what he said. He said, man, it's one of the most fulfilling things that I can ever point to my life and say that I was a part of because, because I was a part of something that was bigger than me. I was a part of something that was beyond me. I mean, whenever, whenever you understand it like this, you realize that we're, we're not trying to get something from you, we, we, want something, we want something for you. Or if pastor preaches one time on the concept of tithing and you're like, ah, the church is just after our money. No, listen, Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I remember back in the old days, I would read that and I was like, Jesus, that's backwards. If you would have asked me, I could have helped you out there. But you should say where your heart is, then your treasure will be. But Jesus said, no, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. In other words, once you place treasure in a place, then your heart is gonna go right there. And I can give you an example. I, I've never been like a day trader, but whenever the Robinhood app came out, I jumped on Robinhood and I bought one whole stock of AMD. Come on, somebody. I was a high roller, right? I think it was like $62, man. And I, I am, I'm all in. You know what I did every day of my life from that point on? I looked at AMD stock. I had never been interested before in my life, but suddenly I'm following it because where your, where your treasure is, there your heart is going to be also. So we're not trying to get you here to brag about some attendance numbers. We're trying to get you here so that you can grow closer to Jesus, right? So the theological term for what I'm saying right now is a term called spiritual formation. I'm going to count to three and everybody say spiritual formation. One, two, three. So here's a perfect example. If you decide today after seeing me, right, 54-year-olds, 54, 54 chiseled abs and stunning features, and you're just going to say, man, I, when I'm my future me, I need to look like that guy. He's incredibly handsome. He was just so well-dressed. This is, I'm, I'm kind of, work with me. I'm just, this is all a joke at this point, okay? But you look at me and you say, I'm going to start going to the gym. I don't go to the gym. I should. But anyway, you look at me and said, I'm going to start going to the gym. And you commit to three hours a week. Let me let you know what's going to happen. Those three hours that you spend at the gym are going to impact the other 165 hours in the seven days. Because if you spend an hour at the gym, the next day whenever you go for lunch and you've got the option of the pizza buffet, glory to God, or you've got the option of the salad, you're gonna say, well, if I've invested an hour of my life at the gym, I need to invest in some salad, right? And so that hour at the gym is going to form how you live the rest of the week. And so it is with your time right here today. And so whenever you, whenever you get planted in the house of God, it's not only altering your eternity, it's, it's altering your week as well. And so again, I think God wants the best for you. And being planted in his house is a good thing. Again, Psalm 92, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And they will still bear fruit in old age and they'll stay fresh, and they'll stay green, okay? So here's what I wanna do in the next 20 minutes and 30 seconds that I've got with you. 
I want to give you some key benefits of being planted in the house. And if you're a note taker, I absolutely want you to take these notes. And if you're not a note taker, I absolutely want you to take these notes. <laughs> Number one, being planted in his house builds your beliefs. Okay. Again, you know where I'm going. I'm going to count to three and we're all going to read this together. Come on. One, two, three. Being planted in his house builds your beliefs. All right. Let's jump into that. The, the fancy way to say it is whenever you come into the church, it begins to shape how you believe. The big word at this point might be worldview, okay? If I were to get, okay, let me go to Genesis 1, all right? That's not my notes. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let me just start right there. If, if I'm planted in the house, Genesis 1 and 1 begins to determine how I view the world, it begins to determine how I, I see everything. Uh, easier way to say it, was, it would, would be this. Whenever you get planted in the house and you come and you're committed and you're all in, what it does is it teaches you your normals, okay? It teaches you what is, what is normal, what you come to believe as, as normal. Being planted in the house of God teaches you what, what is normal. To make, to make this point crystal clear, let me just bring you back to your family of origin and let me go back to your childhood roots at the house that you grew up in. And let me tell you this, I grew up in a house that formed me that whenever I was old enough to pull a trigger, we went hunting and we shot deer. We didn't, we didn't go duck hunting. We, we went deer hunting. Now, is there something wrong with a duck? No, they make a weird noise, but I mean, it, there, there's nothing wrong with it. But, but you know what? You want to know why we went deer hunting? Because my dad went deer hunting. That was normal to me. It wasn't normal to me to go out and get wet in the middle of winter and freeze your hide off. It, it, it like trying to kill some, some, some ducks flying through the air. Like, let's, let's go out and let's, let's get that buck and put him on the wall, right? And we feed some family meat, rah. You know, we, 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 that's just what we did, right? And, and here's another thing. As a 54-year-old man, I help Stephanie do the dishes and I don't want that to cause problems in marriages. We talked about that on Friday night, okay? So if you don't wanna wash dishes, cool, bro. You don't have to, but you you know why I wash dishes? Because my dad washed dishes. I just grew up thinking that that's just, that's just what you do. There's a guy on our team, his name is Trey. He's one of our staff pastors. And whenever he was growing up, his dad never let him have anything to drink when he was eating his meal. So they're sitting down with rice and gravy or cornbread or whatever they're eating. And, and Trey had to eat the whole meal. And then his dad would say, okay, now you can get you a glass of tea or now you can have some water. Still to this day, Trey's in his mid forties. We'll go out to lunch for staff Tuesday and he'll go out and he's gonna sit there. He's gonna eat his meal. He's gonna get a to-go cup because he can't drink anything while he's eating his meal. Why? Why? Is it a sin? I hope not, or I'm going to split the pit whenever I get there. I'm going to drink seven Coke Zeros, you know, before the meal even comes out. But, but Trey sits there, and he does, he does not drink anything. Why? Because that was normal in the house that he grew up in. Breakfast in Louisiana has eggs and biscuits and gravy. You guys don't know how to spell breakfast if it doesn't have a T-A-C-O in it. Right? Somebody said hallelujah to breakfast tacos. Come on, somebody. We're in Texas. <laughs> I love that, man. I grew up in a household where you fixed your salad and you ate your salad with either Thousand Island or ranch dressing and you finished the salad and you brought that to the sink and then you actually could fix your plate. 
And some of you are like, bro, why don't you just save the dishes and put it all on the plate? Because that's what my mama told me to do. That's the house we grew up in, and it became normal. And so it is with you in this house. This house is teaching you what's normal. This house teaches you how to worship the living God of all creation in the good times and in the bad. This, ta- this house teaches you some things that you need to know. And let me just throw this in for fun right here. Parents, are you listening? Say amen, parents. Okay, parents, your children are watching you. And your children are listening to you. And wherever the parents walk is usually where the little ones go. And if you make, listen to this, listen, if, if there's something in a generation that becomes optional in one generation, it will become ignored in the next generation. And so parents, you have to bring your family to church. Why, will it help your eternity? Yes, we've, we've covered that. But it'll help your week. Because your little ones are going to be in kids and they're going to come out knowing uh, something scriptural and it's going to begin to shape and make and mold their lives. Dads specifically, if you attend church and you bring your family to church, your children have an 85% chance of bringing their children to church. Dads, we need you. We need you. Flourishing in the house of God. Why is this such a big deal? Because, again, this teaches us normal. This teaches us right from wrong. Okay, so families, marriages. We talked about marriages on, on, on Friday night. It was a great night if, if, if you weren't here. But in, in, my, in my home, um, whenever me and Stephanie have issues, it's because she has done something wrong. Anybody want to say amen to that? (laughs) Stephanie will be here at the next gathering. We probably will leave this part out of that one. But anyway, whenever something goes wrong and it's her fault, you know what we've, we've never done? We've never said, well, then maybe divorce is what we need to do. Why, why do we do that? Because, because I watched people grow up in church and whenever they got sideways in their marriage, they, they, they stayed faithful. They stayed true. They, they, they found a way to push through it. And so I got to be honest with you. Whenever I got older and I started realizing that, that a lot of people don't stay together, I was so sheltered. I was like, your parents are not together? Like, why? I was so heartbroken. I was like, what does that even mean? Because, because I thought that that was just normal, right? Um, serving, again, serving with, with no agenda. Whenever, when I, I learned, because I saw people do that. I saw people give their lives to something that was beyond them. And what that helps us do is it helps us not be so focused on ourselves. And whenever you get planted in the house of God, you're understanding that that church needs to become a priority. Listen, I am not saying that I'm perfect. Again, Steph will be here at the next gathering. She will be glad to tell you all the ways that I am not perfect. I am loaded with insecurities. I am loaded with problems. I am loaded. And my favorite author, Brennan Manning, says it like this. On my best day, I'm a bundle of paradoxes. Like on my best day, I'm just a jumbled up mess. But I am forgiven. And grace has been applied to my life. 
And I've got a future me that I've got pictured that I want to be personally and I want to lead my family to be in that same place. And again, I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you, I've got two adult children, 32 and 27, I think, something like that. And one is in Ohio. Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm good to remember their names, much less the ages, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, One's in Ohio and one's in the process of moving to to Florida. Um, And um, and they've they've had to go out and find their own church and, and it, it wasn't easy for me to watch that. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to fix it for them. But, but what, listen, just, just hear me out, please. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying they're perfect. They're, nobody's perfect. But listen, they just knew that church was, church was going to be at the center of the center because that was normal to them. Just, just like peeling crawfish was normal to them. We, we, it's just what we do in Louisiana, right? King cakes, it's just what we do in Louisiana. Gumbo, it's just, I'm getting all of you hungry. I get that, but, but it's, just, it's just what we do. So, so there's some things that you just learned that that is just normal. Number two, another benefit that we get from being planted in the house is it helps you grow. Everybody said, it helps me grow. So growing in God means that you start to behave differently. This is going to be a little fun. A new you means, well, it means... It means a new you. He'll take you right where you are, but he doesn't want to leave us there. And the church says amen to that. So when folks first come to faith and they give their heart to the Lord, they begin to experience the fullness of what God has in store for them. And they learn God's love language and how he wants to kind of help them and make them better. And, and honestly, this timeline gets a little funny sometimes, right? Because some, some folks come in and, and, and they're just like, I don't know, man, they're just, they're just a little rough around the edges. And if you look down the aisle, you'll probably see a couple of them in the house right now. But that's just, that's just how it is. And so one time when we served at a church in Austin, we lived in Austin for 10 years, uh, this guy came in and, man, he was rough around the edges. I mean, he came in and, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just rough. He's just, he, God loves him, but he's just rough. And, and we put him down in the waters. Before we did that, we, he gave his heart to the Lord and, and started explaining all this life change and water baptism. And, man, you're going to come out of this water and you're going to feel so fired up. You're going to feel so awesome. And, and I remember baptizing him, and we brought him up out of the water. And the things that he said, I was not ready to hear them. He started cussing and flying in different, like, this feels so beep, 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 beep. It's like he was Morris code all of a sudden, man. I was like, wow. Number one, the Lord really just touched you. And number two, the Lord really has to still touch you. Right? It's like, we, we got a ways to go here. But it's not just about behavior modification, it's about spiritual formation. Look at Mark chapter four. The context is some seeds being planted, okay? Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Listen, listen, listen. All by itself, the soil produces the grain. All by itself, the soil produces the grain. First the soft, then the head, and then the full kernel and the head. And so if you take a seed and you go somewhere down around, I don't know, Pleasanton, where it's, it's been farmland and it's healthy, healthy earth, and you, and, and you put the seed in the ground and it grows up, chances are it's going to be nice and healthy. But if you go down down to the corner of, I don't know, Jones Maltzburger and whatever, where there was like a, an oil change place for the last 50 years, and oil has kind of seeped into the environment, you put a healthy seed into a bad environment, and that bad environment is going to crush the health of that healthy seed. And you're in a healthy house. And so if you come in here and you're just, as it, again, Brendan Manning, like grace on crutches, you just barely made it through the door today. 
I want to let you know that you're in a house today that can, that can help you get nursed back to health and can change your heart and change your life forever. There's a couple in our church, Richie and Katie Fontenot, and whenever, whenever they first came to our church, Richie came, and they were divorced. Um, uh, they had been divorced several years, and, and Richie started coming to our church, and he was serving in the sound booth one day and, and doing media, and, and I preached on, on family and how God can reconcile all kinds of broken situations, and I'm walking out, and Richie stopped me, pastor, 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 pastor. You think God could do that in my family? I said, absolutely I do, Richie. Absolutely I do. He said, I don't know, man. I've messed up pretty bad. Fast forward a little while later. She starts coming to church. She gives her heart to the Lord. They start, they start dating again. And, and fast forward, I had the opportunity to stand at the front of our church and, and, I, and I married them again. And, and they've got this daughter by the name of Lucy. And, and now Lucy, listen, if Lucy is, she's probably in the fifth grade or sixth grade. If she's not going to be the next pastor of Acacia Church, she's going to be the next president of the United States. Like, vote, vote for Lucy Fontenot, you know, 2032 or whatever it is. You know, just just be, be, be on the lookout. And, and so, listen, listen. I, I just, I, I, you heard me, but I don't think you, you heard what I just said. Because Lucy had two environments that she had an option to grow up in. One was broken. One was filled with all kinds of Thanksgiving here with dad, Christmas there with dad. And and guys, I'm not cracking on you. If you've separated, divorced, you're misunderstanding me. I'm just saying that the environment makes a big difference for the seed. And so if you come into this house today and you're just looking for some help and you're looking for some hope, I want to let you know that this is a healthy house. This is a very healthy house. In fact, can we just celebrate the fact that this is a healthy house? Okay, so let me let me let me let me point towards uh, landing the plane here. Being being planted in God's house builds your beliefs. Everybody say it builds my beliefs. Being planted in God's house helps me grow. Everybody say helps me grow. And then number three, being planted in God's house gives you belonging. Gives you belonging. So. I had a couple of stories that I was thinking about sharing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land with this one. Story is told of a gentleman who lived in Texas. He was going to a church, and he began to, to, to not attend as much as he normally did. And he began to not talk to as many people and friends as he once did. And then it got to the point to where, you know, he would just, he would just stick around the house, and he just really wasn't, wasn't coming very much. He just, just wasn't really engaged, and he began to isolate himself and pull away. And it was in the winter one year, and another dude from church said, man, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go check on old Joe. And he went to old Joe's house, and, and as the circumstance would have it, old Joe's sitting out inside of his property, he's got a, got a campfire going. Now, you gentlemen, you guys, you fellas, you will understand exactly what I'm talking about whenever I say this. You, you ladies, I'm sorry, this probably doesn't make sense, because as I said Friday night, we're hashtag simple in so many different ways. But dudes can sit and stare at a campfire and think it's just awesome. We don't have to say a word. In fact, it's better if we don't talk. We just sit there and stare. Wow. Look at that fire. I know, bro. Look at that fire. 30 minutes later, still looking at that fire? Yeah, still looking at that fire. Uh, it's something about a fire. I don't know. But anyway, the guy from the church goes and, and, and sits down next to Joe. It doesn't say, doesn't say a word. Just sits there. Staring at the fire. A little while passes, and the guy from the church gets up and gets a stick, 
and reaches in and gets a, a coal from, from the burning fire and just pushes it over on the side. Still doesn't say a thing, just pushes it over on the side. Sits back down. They continue to stare at the fire. A little while later, that, that coal that had been pushed over to the side began to lose some light. It began to lose some life. It began to grow cold. And it wasn't too long that that coal that used to be a part of the fire was now sitting over here extinguished. Ready? Listen. And had now lost its purpose. And so it is with you. Because see, sometimes we forget the fact that being planted in the house gives us a connection. It gives us, it gives us roots. Well, pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. None of you people from Louisiana understand. I've been hurt in relationships in church. I've been hurt in church. I got a bad taste in my mouth because I joined a church one time and I, and I got connected and somebody did me wrong. I'm just not going back. You know who else has been hurt in church? You know who else has been offended in church? You know who has offended in church? Right? So where did we get this idea that whenever we get sideways with someone at the church, listen to how I say this, we get sideways with someone at the church, we begin to isolate ourselves from the God of the church. And it's at this point that, that we're blaming we're blaming God for something that Joe said. And that's nowhere in this book. The risk of isolation is so much greater, so much more dangerous than the risk of relationship again. And, and I'll say it again. Pastors are not perfect. Danny Rivers is not perfect. Russ Cripps is not perfect. But here's the thing. Do not ever mistake the, the message of this church and think that we're asking you to put your faith in Danny Rivers. If you put your faith in Danny Rivers, you will be disappointed. If you put your faith in God, you'll never be disappointed. Don't put your faith in man, put your faith in God. I have let down tons of people at our church because I put on my shoes one time, one at a time, just like you do. But I've been hurt by the church, okay? Just because your mama burned the biscuits one time in the kitchen doesn't mean that you don't go back in there for breakfast. What about the hypocrites? Yeah. Again, you look down your row, you'll probably see a couple. But you getting upset at a hypocrite coming to church is just, it makes just as much sense as you getting upset that you go to, you go to Golden Corral this afternoon after, after, uh, after church and, and you get mad because somebody went there to break their diet. What? Because, you, listen, when you let other people impact your walk with the Lord, you let other people impact your walk with the Lord. Don't do that, bro. Don't do that, broette. Don't do that. Don't do that. God wants what's best for you. And being planted in the house is a good thing.
And so here's what I'm going to do. In the next probably two minutes, it's going to be fast. If you're in this place and you don't know the Lord, because we're talking about committing to the house of God, well, that's step two. You got to be committed to God. So if you're in this house and you don't know the Lord, as I say, you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never repented of your sins, called on him to be your savior. Today, that has to be step one, has to be step one. And so I'm going to say a prayer here in a few minutes. And, and, and if you're surrendering your heart and your life to the Lord, do that today, man. And the second group of people that I'm quickly talking to here today is you're already walking with the Lord. But you know today, you've heard that to flourish, you got to put some roots down. you got to get committed to the house. you got to be all in because it's what's best for you. Because we don't want something from you. We want something for you. So one more time, would you please just put your hands up like this and be in a posture of, of reception. Come on in the tent. Overflow, everybody. Online, everybody. Lord, we receive your word today. Lord, if, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice and they don't know you yet, Lord, let them surrender their heart. Let them just simply say a, a prayer that, that just says, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. And Lord, make all the wrong things right in my life by, by way of me making you Lord of my life. And I, I want to I I learn what it means to start following Jesus today. And the second group of people, if you're here today and you're already walking with the Lord, but you just have been convicted that, man, I, I, I can flourish in God's house because that's what God wants for me. And I need to make sure that my posture is right towards being planted in the house of God. Lord, let the roots go down deep. Let us become a part of something that is so much bigger than what we are ourselves. And I pray this and I claim this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody in the house said amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.